Hello and welcome to another double feature of the Wildcat Offense Football and Basketball uh, presented to you by me, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. Thank you for joining me this morning uh, as we have a double game day. That's why we have the double feature today. We got basketball playing in the Hall of Fame tip-off tournament at a... Uh, one o'clock this afternoon, while football has its senior day at eleven o'clock this morning at Welsh, or I'm not, I'm sorry, not Welsh Ryan Arena, Ryan Field, uh, over in Evanston. Uh, before we dive into that, we're gonna lead off today with football. Thank you for all the support, the likes, the ratings, reviews, the follows. It means so much to me and the project. Feel free to share the project with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that is down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms. Once again, it's spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. So, <clears throat> excuse me, a lot of big news surrounding football this week. So, throughout the course of the season, I kept saying this is the season that keeps on giving, right? Right now, the Cats sit at 5-5, five and 3-4 five, and four in the Big Ten. What have I kept saying this past season? And if you understand where I'm going here, that means you've been paying attention. If not, catch up on all the other episodes. I'm sure you won't be disappointed. But most people thought that this team was still left for dead, even with Coach Braun being named the interim head coach, right? Last year, the team was 1-10 at this point in the year. Or 1-9, I should say, at this point in the year, right? But the Cats are sitting at 5-5. Five and five. One win away from being bowl eligible. So for those that are not aware of the bowl eligibility rules in college football at the Division One level, six wins, or at the FBS level, six wins gets you eligible, right? So the Cats are one win away. Very similar team, very different coach, coming off a lot of off-the-field distractions. You would think this team would have been 1-9 or 0-10 at this point because inexperienced head coach, similar team, distractions, this, that, and the third. But guess what? They're 5-5, five and five, 500. And what does that lead to in the business usually? When you are a coach that seems to have control of your team, when... You are an interim head coach and you're producing results because at the end of the day, it's a results-oriented business. It doesn't matter if you are a traditional football school or not. Winning matters. And it results in Coach Braun being the head coach of Northwestern football. So congratulations to Coach Braun for officially being the coach of the Cats. He deserves it, I think. You know, I said in a previous episode that in a way, even though I don't know him personally, it's kind of like a Ted Lasso type deal, right? You could probably make a streaming documentary about this team if you wanted to, right? Because coming off a bad season, of course, everyone knows who the previous coach is. You know, Coach Fitzgerald is great. You know, again, this is not a show to break him. And even if it was, what does it matter, right? Because we all got to move on with our lives at some point. Um, whether it's in sports or whatever it may be. But, and I, and you know, before I keep going, I think Coach Fitz is a great coach, but it just so happens that when you look at optics and stuff like that, of course, someone is going to take the fall. And uh, unfortunately, it was Coach Fitz at this point. But 
Coach Braun has done an exceptional job beating teams that on paper were probably multiple times better than the Cats, i.e. Um, Minnesota, i.e. Maryland, and then of course last week at Wisconsin, right? And this week they get to play a team that on the record is lesser, but you don't ever want to take these games lightly. And But before we break that down, another thing that I want to say about Coach Braun is that, you know, he deserves it. I think you need stability, and if you tried to perhaps get a big name from the outside, you'd kind of be starting from zero again, right? Because then you got to buy into that coach's philosophy. That staff's got to come in. And, of course, as much as we all love the Cats, we all love our university, it's not the easiest sell relative to an Ohio State, a Michigan, Purdue, Michigan State, all that stuff. So, sure. You know, and it's not just necessarily Northwestern, but it's also the market, right? It's really hard to get good coaches to come to a pro sports town, you know? Sure, we're in Evanston, but that's, in my opinion, I call it Chicago Junior. And you can debate me on that one or go come at me at that one. But, you know, uh, of course, for a coach like Coach Braun that seems to have rallied his players all the way down to a 500 um, standing at the season with... Two games left to spare to get that one extra win to be bowl eligible. This was already exceeding expectations. Shoot, I mean, even if they were maybe four and six or three and seven, uh, that's already an upgrade from the year before with practically the same roster. So congratulations to Coach Brunt. I hope that he can keep it up. Um, you know, I, I don't want to say that, you know, we're going to get a guaranteed 18, 19 years like we did with uh, Coach Fitzgerald, but... You want someone that can consistently bring success. And um, right now, he's shown a very good start to doing that. And perhaps it was the safest bet that Northwestern can take. So good for him. Okay, that's the first emotional thing out of the way. Second thing is senior day. So congrats to all the seniors on the 2023 Northwestern football roster. It's going to be an emotional day. So not just for the coaches, but also for those players, because it could be their last home football game ever. While those that perhaps are draft eligible prospects, you know, this is just the closing of a very good chapter in their lives. Um, and, you know, we're now in an era where transfers and graduate students and all of that stuff, you know, kind of plays into your classification as a senior. So, um I know this team has multiple seniors on it, whether they're four years, five years, or graduate transfers. So some could be on the team playing for six years of college football. And, you know, to make Northwestern their last stop in their college careers, that should not only just mean a lot to them, but also to the university, right? Because, you know, when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to your college decisions, I'm sure we can all think about when we chose to go to a college, whether it's for athletics or for academics, right? We felt that that was the best place for us. And um, these guys that are going to be celebrated today with their families uh, and the coaches, you know, that that's going to be a special day for them because they trusted Northwestern with their success personally and professionally. And hopefully they got a return out of it. So, you know, congratulations to them. Uh, it's going to be, again, like I said, an emotional day, but there has to be something done. And that is to get that sixth win against a, on paper, lowly 
Purdue team. This team is three and seven, two and five in the Big Ten. Uh, so there's a little bit of a point of concern in which I will break down in a little bit. But of course, per NU Sports, this game will be on Big Ten Network on the TV. For the radio, it'll be 1000 ESPN. So not AM 720 like we're used to seeing on other games, uh, but it will be on ESPN 1000. A uh, couple things to look into going into today's game. Of course, Coach Braun is the permanent head coach for the, the Cats. So again, congratulations. Coach Braun has the chance to become the first Power 5 coach to take a team from one win or fewer to bowl eligibility in the following season. The last coach to do that, 2018, Nebraska's head coach, Matt Rule, at Nebraska. And of course, speaking of Northwestern against Nebraska, still pretty sour about that game. But you got to let bygones be bygones. Um, however, with the win against Wisconsin last week, coach became the first Northwestern head coach with five or more wins in his first season since Walter McCormick, who went 10-1-3 and, and three, uh, in 1903. So a record that's been over 100 years old. Coach Brown coming in from FCS was supposed to be the defensive coordinator and is now both a defensive coordinator and a head coach. Uh, and now head coach officially broke a record in his first official season. How about that? Um, Northwestern has allowed its two lowest rushing totals of the season over the last two games, 104 against Iowa and 86 against Wisconsin. So very good uh, rush defense uh, over the past two games, even though pass defense is probably what's most advertised with this team. Um, Northwestern is averaging 332.1 yards per game this season, which is 29th in FBS and 7th in the Big Ten. Improvement over 58.5 yards per game over the first 10 games of 2022. Or a 58.5 yard improvement over the first games of 2022 when they allowed 390.6. So you could say that it's a top 30 defense in the nation and 7th in the Big Ten when there's, I want to say, 14 teams, 13 teams or not 13, 12 teams, but hey, good, good is good, right? Um, ben Bryant, QB1, was back in the cut last week and dominated, going 18 for 26 with 195 yards and two touchdowns with no interceptions and one rushing touchdown. So hopefully he can replicate that performance today. This would be his first home game back since getting hurt. And of course, again, shout out to Brendan Sullivan for holding it down. Uh, he is the first Cats quarterback to post two or more touching passing touchdowns and a rushing score in a conference game since Clayton Thorson in 2018 against Illinois, who we will see next week. Um, and lastly, Bryce Gallagher, our fearless leader, and Xander Mueller have been very dominant this year. Two, one of two duos in the Big Ten to post 80 tackles thus far, or 80 or more, I should say. Uh, Mueller is just one of two defenders in the Big Ten with 80-plus tackles and four-and-a-half sacks. So those two are going to need to be really good this game too uh against purdue especially if you want that sixth win uh if we look here historically it looks like the cats have played the boilermakers a lot so uh 20 so 55 27 55 82 83 times and <laughs> i hope you guys like the math that i was doing there uh but the cats are 27 55 and 1 against the Purdue Boilermakers. So why don't we make that 28 55 and 1 today? The last matchup was um November 19th 
uh, almost a year to the day. Last year, where the Cats lost 17-9. So hopefully this time we can turn it around. Uh, players to watch out for for the Purdue Boilermakers are um, Hudson Card, their QB, uh, Tyrone Tracy and Devin Maccabee, their running back duo, and Dion Burks on offense, Kydron Jenkins, Dylan Thineman on Nick Scarton and Sanusi Kane on defense. Um, so just by uh, breaking stuff down, it looks like the Cats and the Purdue Boilermakers split differences. So points per game on offense, Purdue has the edge with 23.7 to 20.5 for the Cats. Uh, defensive points per game, Purdue allows 31.1, while Northwestern allows 22.8. Turnovers allowed. 14 to 6 in favor of Northwestern and turnovers forced 14 to 11 in favor of Purdue. So, in terms of statisticals, it is a pretty even matchup. However, on record, it looks like the Cats are better and the Cats seem to have more quality wins um, than the Boilermakers. And of course, our guys, Ben Bryant, Bryce Kurtz, Brendan Sullivan, well, I don't know if we'll see Brendan Sullivan today, but maybe a little bit of Jack Lausch at the QB position. Um, Cam Porter, Xander Mueller, Bryce Gallagher, Devin Turner, Rod Hurd, and also Cam Johnson. Um, you know, those are going to be the guys that uh, will be impacting the game for the Cats today. Uh, it looks like the Cats are a three-point favorite against the the Boilermakers. So. Oh, no, three-point underdog, I mean, against uh, the Boilermakers, which I think is pretty disrespectful. I still don't think the odds makers get it right when it comes to these cats, um, for the most part. And I'm kind of disappointed that at this rate in the year, it's already game 11, and they still don't want to give Northwestern a favorable rating against a Big Ten team. I think they're going to be wrong. I think the Cats will win this game, however, by a single score. Uh, and I'm going to go 27-20 to 20 Northwestern uh, on this one. I know on the last game, the Boilermakers uh, won against Minnesota. So, huh, something about Minnesota. Uh, the Boilermakers won 49-30, to 30, which is a high-scoring output, but also not the best defensive showing. Hudson Card with 17 for 25. Uh, with three touchdowns and no interceptions, um, had eight touches for 44 yards rushing with one rushing touchdown. The leading rusher for that day was Maccabee with 17 carries for 153 yards and one touchdown. Um, leading receiver was Garrett Miller with six receptions for 65 yards and one touchdown. So I did mention the list of impact players for the Boilermakers uh, seconds ago. And of course, this report will show pretty much consistency with um this matchup today i will say though just because the boilermakers are three and seven you should not take them lightly so that's why i went with 27 to 20 rather than like a 27 14 or 27 10 because um uh, i could imagine that there's going to be a lot of emotion you know Temp well, not tempers, but like feelings are going to be riding high because of the promotion for Coach Braun and also the senior day, right? Because you want to highlight them and it's a time for them and their families to indulge in the moment, be present, and uh, contribute one last time to Ryan Field. Uh, however, 
that can be a point of vulnerability if you're the other team, right? Because you want to spoil that. It's kind of like a homecoming game in high school sports, right? You you want to, if you're the team that's away, you want to ruin that to kind of like dampen the mood over there. But for a team that has a story like Northwestern's going into this year, you can't let that happen. You need that storybook ending because, again, it's the season that keeps on giving, right? And as long as the defense can show up, and if Brendan, or not Brendan Sullivan, <laughs> Uh, if Ben Bryant can make those throws, make his runs, and score, make that Purdue defense look more sillier than it already did in the last matchup, right, to where Hudson Card and company cannot help them, then everyone's going to go home happy, except for any Purdue Boilermaker fans, right? And same for those seniors, right? They can then graduate from the school in the summer or in the winter and be like, man, I'm so happy that we won our last game and, you know, it'll be a cherry on top to a, I'm sure a roller coaster college career, because if you've been with the cats for a while, you've seen a lot of things. <laughs> you've seen COVID, you've seen bad season after bad season, uh, and, you know, all kinds of tumultuous happenings within the program. And then, of course, if you're a grad transfer or something like that, it's like this is your one chance to get a, another quality education while playing the game that you love at a Power 5 level. And sure, you know, it's not like a Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama, whatever, top 10 team in the country going 10-0 and 0 at this point in the season and NFL scouts are coming to all of your games, right? But you get to be a part of something where you spark a change or spark a serious building block in future iterations of the program. So hopefully the guys go out there and give it everything they got. Of course, you know, if you get win number six, then save that reserve for the bowl game, right? But for right now, I do think the Cats are going to win 27 to 20. Let me know what you think about this score, about... um this uh upcoming game against the purdue boilermakers if you're gonna go out there uh, enjoy it enjoy the atmosphere it will be chilly but it will be a sight to see to have these uh moments of uh celebration and emotion right and and it's a meaningful game even though every game is meaningful right to some extent but this one more than anything um especially if uh you can lock it up before the land the lincoln trophy showdown then you can just play with house money at that point but if you're not hopefully we can watch a quality wildcat win today uh, thank you so much for this we'll take a quick break and when we come back we will preview basketball against rhode island Welcome back for the second half of the double feature for the Wildcat offense. Now turning to basketball. Uh, the Cats will be going up to Connecticut, or should I say at the time of this recording, are already in Connecticut to participate in the Basketball Hall of Fame tip-off tournament. The Cats are currently sitting at 3-0 and and will be taking on the Rhode Island Rams, also sitting at 3-0 and at 1.30 Central Time. Uh, you can catch that game on ESPN Plus and 11.60 a.m. WYLL, uh, which is going to be through the Varsity Network. So for those listening to the radio, go to the Varsity Network to catch that game. And uh, regardless of the results, 
or should I say regarding the results, the Cats will play either Mississippi State or Washington State tomorrow. Uh, and those games will be on ESPNU or ESPN2. And for radio, 1160 AM WYLL or 1160. Um, last time out, the Cats won a 63-59 to uh, game over the Western Michigan Broncos at Wilshrine Arena this past Tuesday night. And that was when I said in the recap show, that was a game where something that concerns me was going to actually happen, which is a lower ranked or lower talented team like the Western Michigan Broncos was going to go into Evanston playing like they got nothing to lose. And for a while, even though the Cats looked like they had them at bay in the first half, they let the Broncos back in in the second half. And you don't want to do that in any shape or form against a lesser team just because look it's college basketball things happen and you know it's what separates the good teams from the great teams right is that they can be any team at any level at any given time uh now of course that could sound like an unrealistic expectation however that's just the ideal situation right if they want the cats to be a very stable tournament present program for the foreseeable future, you need to be able to, you know, go through games like that and actually come out on top. So I kind of, I kind of contradicted myself there. But what I'm trying to say is that, look, um, whenever you're playing against a team that isn't as talented or doesn't have the resume like yours, you should be able to take care of them. But in the event that it doesn't, just win. Just win, win, win. And that's exactly what happened. And this Rhode Island team, you can argue, is no different, right? They only won nine games the year before. And sure, they have a hot start, but their last couple opponents, you know, uh, they weren't necessarily anything that I would argue are a challenge to what the Cats have played uh, over the course of their three games of the year, right? So... The Rams played Fairfield, Wagner, Fairfield, and Central Connecticut, right? So while, you know, the Cats haven't played those teams this year, right, to me, it doesn't bring a Binghamton, Dayton, or Western Michigan, right? Because, you know, the Cats already faced a tournament team this early in the year, uh, and I'm not sure what the resume is for these three other teams, but... You can also argue that for Rhode Island, this is going to be the first tournament-level team that they're going to be facing all season. And in what better way to play them than in an actual mid-season tournament or early-season tournament, right? And you want to show, if you're Northwestern, you want to show that in a, I guess, abbreviated environment, right? Because our expectation is to make the NCAA tournament that you can win in tournament level games where you're not at home you're not away and you know the other team is you know drawing up a quick scouting report on you while you're drawing a quick scouting report on them and other teams that you will or possibly could be facing the rest of the weekend so this is going to be a good test for everyone on the team not just the players but also the staff and whomever else because yeah you know that's what's so cool about college basketball, at least in this country, right? We get to do these early season, mid-season tournaments. It gives your team an idea of how your team can compete in such an environment. 
And, you know, if you weren't sure already about your team, this could also be a really good indicator of what your team has and how it could look going into the rest of the year. Uh, as far as history is concerned, this is the third time that the uh, Cats are facing the Rhode Island Rams. And it looks like URI is ahead in the all-time meetings with 2-0. Let's get that first win today. Make that 1-2. and two. Even though that's not as, you know, pleasing, you know, it'll make it less underwhelming. Um, of course, last time out, Boo Booey was the man. Uh, and Brooks Barnheiser, you know, leading the uh, scoring sheet with 21 and 20 points. Respectively, that was Brooks Barnheiser's career high and a career night for him. Um, I expect more of the same going into uh, this this game. Uh, those two are always going to be a problem on anyone's uh, sheet going forward. I expect Langborg to actually have a big game, right? I know he has tournament experience, right? Providence, or not Providence, I'm sorry, Princeton. Princeton went on a pretty good run last year, and um, of course... Here in Illinois, that was pretty special because they had a couple players from Illinois on their team. Langborg wasn't one of those players, but of course, you know, you love it when you get to see a smaller program, especially an Ivy League program, get to a big tournament like that. And, you know, the same can be said about Northwestern, right? Academically distinguished school, you know, not necessarily known for their sports, but you could argue the past couple of years, this year and the last year, are seasons that can keep on giving uh, for this uh, school. So, and of course, as a proud alumni, I can't complain. That's why I'm talking about it with you guys, right? But, yeah, I would love to see those three guys have a tournament, you know, this weekend. And Ty Berry. I think I'm going to keep talking about Ty Berry and how he needs to go off at some point until he actually does it. You know, he's one of the leaders on this team one of the more experienced players and you know it's more scarier for an opponent when you have three or even four players that can impact your report and give you headaches on defense and uh offense as well right so hopefully he can have a pretty decent showing for this tournament as well um, as far as Rhode Island is concerned, just by looking at their last game, which was a 69-53 win over Wagner, um, their leading guys were Montgomery, Courtright, and House. Montgomery had 13 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Uh, Courtright had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists. And House had 15 re points, 4 rebounds, 1 assist. And yeah, that's about it. Six for eight free throws, four for six from the line uh, for House. And, you know, a lot of these guys, at least from the stars, it's three guards, two forwards. So I could imagine that this is going to be a bit of a smaller lineup that Archie Miller is going to put out there against the Cats. And if that name doesn't sound familiar, or if it does, that's the former head coach of Dayton and Indiana University, IU. So a very good coach that Coach Collins will be going up against today. But three guards, two forwards. So like I said, you can see a much smaller lineup. And perhaps these three guys will be the main scoring options uh, for them today. Uh, so if you're the Cats, you know, 
you want Boo Booey, Langborg, and Ty Berry to be able to lock those three guys up, right? Because this team, the Cats can run three guards, two forwards as well, or even three guards, one forward, one center, right? Because Matthew Nicholson is a pure center, a pure anchor on offense and defense. And perhaps that can also be a difference too, because if you're going to send this kind of lineup, I know I mean Rhode Island, right? Northwestern looks like it's going to be the bigger team uh, height-wise going into the game, and you want to use that to your advantage. And, of course, a defensively sound team, you want to keep them perhaps under 69 points You know, going into today, right? I think it would be a good day if the Cats can keep this team under 65 or 60 even. Uh, just by looking into the... Looking into the predictions, it looks like the Cats are eight and a half point favorites going into this game, and they expect a total of 134 and a half points per game. So if you're betting on this game, hopefully that information is useful for you. I use this information as more of an idea of how to make a prediction for this game. Um, you know, I think the Cats. I always say this about every game, but I think the Cats have more experience, more cohesiveness, and in this case, more height and more offense and more defense. So pretty much, I think they have more than Rhode Island just right out of the box going into this game. Uh, of course, Archie Miller is going to do whatever he can to put his players in a position to win this game, and perhaps they're going to try and use more of a skill-based, athleticism-based approach, right? Going three guards, two forwards against um, a traditional two-guard, two-forward, one-center, or even a three-guard, one-forward, one-center team like Northwestern. But I think the Cats have too much to throw this game away. I could see it being rough uh, in the first half, but I think the Cats, because of that, they'll have enough to find the find a momentum swing and keep it and not give it back. So with the information that's given based on the odds report that I have for today, I think the Cats will win by 10 points. I'm going to go 60 to 70 in favor of the Cats. Uh, I think Boo Booey and Brooks Barnheiser will have another good day at the office. Ryan Langborg and Ty Berry, I think, will actually go off and score a little bit more. Uh, so probably you could have four players in double figures today. And um, that's my prediction that the Cats will win 70 to 60. Uh, let me know what you think. Do you think the Cats will have this first serious test today? Will they be pushed against the wall? Or is it going to be a walk in the park for them? Because this is the second A-10 team that they have faced this year. The first being Dayton, who is the favorite to win that conference, right? So if this is a team that Dayton can be hypothetically, the Cats shouldn't have a problem. But we all know how sports works, right? But that is my prediction for today. Um, thank you again for spending your morning with me. Uh, feel free to share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone that's down to join the Sports Talk Conversation. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. We'll be back tomorrow or Monday with the recap for both games, or should I say all three games, assuming we have to make it a little later. Um, for basketball because they will be playing today and tomorrow um, so while the cats will be done for football at least from a home game standpoint and we can recap that there then and there but thank you again so much enjoy the rest of your weekend enjoy the games and go cats